So, like, I don't know whether to say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. Did any of you feel that way? By the looks of some of you, you definitely feel that way. Like, I'm exhausted from Christmas, but I'm really, really, really trying to fire myself up for New Year's. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then there's a... Um, there, there's a, a new term out called tweens or tweeners, tweens, you know what I'm talking about? It's kids that are between adolescence and teenage years, and they really don't know who they are or where they're going or what they're doing. And if you have one in your house, don't raise your hand, because you'll embarrass them. Because when they're that age, you embarrass them doing anything. Here, I bought you a car. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can remember walking, my daughter was 12. And I can remember, she's married now, and my son's grown back. I can remember walking my daughter in the mall parking lot one time, Miss Joan, and, walk, and I reached over her just out of habit to grab her hand. I wanted to hold her hand. And you would have thought... Yeah. You would have thought I was naked walking through the mall parking lot. <laughs> like, sweetie, I just want to hold your hand. Don't, don't touch me. Somebody might see us. I'm like, all right, when we get home tonight, don't eat my food. <laughs> but no, it, it is a, it's an interesting Sunday. And so here's what I thought. I thought we would look at the word Emmanuel. And at first you would think, you know what, that's a, that's a Christmas word. It, it, it is a prophecy from Isaiah. And then Matthew also references, and we'll look at that in just a second. But Emmanuel, and I, I want to look at three, three different aspects of the word Emmanuel. And, and, and these are it. God was with us. God is with us, and God will be with us. And so, as we, as we walk throughout this message, very simple message, but as we walk this out today, no matter where life finds you, maybe you look back on your past and you're like, eh, I'm not very proud of that time, that's okay, God was with you. Maybe you're in a tough situation today, God is with you. And maybe you're worried about the future, God will be with you. So let's look at Isaiah right here. Isaiah 7.14 says this, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel. Then you go over to Matthew. And Matthew 1.23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your joy that's in our hearts today. And we pray that You would speak to every heart what You want to speak today. God, get me out of the way and say what you need to say. Encourage us today by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go. Number one, God was with us. God was with us. Now, if, if you're unfamiliar to the Bible, this is going to blow your mind right here, these scriptures that we're going to read. So here we go. God was with us. Psalms 139, 14-16. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Go back to the point. Let's walk through this together. In other words, what the psalmist is saying right here is, is God knows us. God absolutely knows us. He knew us before we were formed. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
See, a lot of us may have a hard time saying that to ourselves because we don't feel like we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But everything that we've ever been through or ever walked through, God has been with us. Verse 15 says it this way, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. No pun intended, that's pretty deep. (laughs) Think, Think about that. Think about the fact that This God who knows everything that was, is, and is to come, this God has always known me. He's always known me. And and here's where we mess it up. And the church is first in the line for this one. We create a, a mentality in people's minds of what we think God thinks of them. Instead of opening this wonderfully awesome book and reading for ourselves what God actually thinks of us. God thinks very highly of us, so much so He gave His only Son because He knows us. He formed us. He made us. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We talked about this about six months ago, this, that last verse right there. There's a book written about you. and It was written by God. All his dreams, all his... And and today, you can rest in the fact that God has been with you. When Dylan was uh, younger and growing up, he's a lot lot like me. And so he would just do stupid stuff. I found him 80 feet up in a tree one day. My wife called me from... I was at work. This is back in the day when you didn't have cell phones, you had a pager. Anybody remember those days? Just throw that thing out the window. (laughs) Calling it, pull off the road, get on a payphone. Some of you younger people don't know what payphones are. It's okay. Payphones used to go in the metal boxes that you see that are empty now. And you had to have a dime, not a quarter, a dime. What? Baby, selling eighty feet. All I got was eighty feet in a tree. Dylan, he's five years old. He's 80 feet up in this tree. He's just hanging up in the tree. He just, hey, mom. She's having a nervous breakdown. Right? I had to take a long lunch, come home. And he's like, Dad, come up and get me. I said, oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll catch you, but I'm not climbing up there. No way. Honey, go up and get it. I ain't going up there. He's your son. He's stupid. <laughs> And we've replayed this over and over throughout his years. He's about to be 19. Like, this is a reoccurring theme. And he's like, Dad, I learned it from you. Like, yeah. But, but this, this whole idea. And so Raina used to say this when, when Dylan would go to, go to sleep at night. She'd be like, <sighs> and she, she always said these words. And we, she's joking. You know, she's like, I bet his guardian angel's like, <sighs> can I clock out now? <laughs> Because I am worn out. God, God, God's always been with Think about Think about this today. Think about all this, the things that you've been through. All, all the hard times you've walked through. All the crazy things maybe you've done. Think about all the things that you've been through, yet you're still here today. You're here today. God, God was with you. 
And I, I don't want to be corny, or, or but we, I, I almost put the, the whole, um, I forget what it's called, but it's about the man who gets to heaven in and, and the sand print, sand, what's it called? Well, I, evidently you're corny. <laughs> Just kidding. But you, you, you've seen this, right? And it's the story of the two sets of feet, and then the one set of feet, and he gets to heaven, and he says, God, why, why did you forsake me in my times of trouble? Why, why weren't you there with me? And God said, no, those were the times I carried you. See, God, God was with us. He knows us. Number two, God is with us. Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Wow. God's working in me? Yes. Wherever you're at today, whatever life looks like today, wherever life finds you today, whatever circumstance that you're going through today, I want you to hear this and I want you to get this in your spirit. If you're a child of God, God is with you today. And you say, you know what? It doesn't look like God's with me. I, I, I have things that are going really wrong. Maybe you've lost a loved one or maybe finances aren't great or maybe you're walking through a relational disaster. Can I tell you, God is with you. He was with you. And He is with you. There's no one in this room who's walked with God for a certain, a good amount of time that would tell you there have been times. We, we all would say there have been times where I feel like God has forsaken me. Where, where is God? Like, where, where is He at in my circumstance? Yet I can tell you today, God is with you in your circumstance. And He's working in you in your circumstance. Look at, um, go to the next scripture right here. Psalms 139, we'll go back to it. Drink this in right here. Because here's the deal. We either have to like decide if we believe the Bible or we don't believe the Bible. At this church, we, we don't, there's not a lot of religion. There is a lot of Bible believing. And so we just try to stick to the Bible, right? And so we're not going to argue that one with you. We believe the Bible is true. I'll argue a bunch of other stuff with you, like sports that I watched yesterday. And if Kentucky's ever going to get beat this year, I mean, I don't, see, you're not my people. Anybody see the Memphis Bowl game? The Memphis game? <laughs> let's, rain, let's rain it back in. That's not in the Bible, but we do believe the Bible. And check this out. Get, get this. Get this. You, meaning God, know when I sit and when I rise. And you perceive my thoughts from afar. That's scary. I mean, if we're really believing the Bible right now. That that is that's pretty intense. God knows what I'm thinking before I think it. He perceives what I'm thinking. And if you really, if you take a passage like Psalms one thirty nine two through five, and you read it and you really believe it, it changes the way you live. It changes the way you speak. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you treat people. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. In other words, God, you know where I'm at at all times. You know what I'm thinking. You know where I'm going. You know what I'm doing. Paraphrasing. And so if we believe the Bible, then you have to believe this. And this is not a condemning passage in Psalms. This is an unbelievable, loving, amazingly awesome Part of who God is in our life, if we will allow Him to be. 
I'm convinced. I'm 16 years now doing this. Been doing this for 16 years, and I, I've I've seen uh, I've seen it all. I, I, I say that. Last week I was involved in a situation where I'm like, wow, that's a weird one. <laughs> so maybe I hadn't seen it all. But here, I, I know this to be true. People who get involved in things that destroy their life are convinced that they can hide things from God. Something up here clicks to where I can live this way in front of everybody else and I can live this way somewhere else and it destroys their life. And it's the most idiotic trick of the enemy. Right? He's only got a few tricks. He's been using them. You read the Bible. The same tricks over and over and over and over. And, and we think that he's God. You can't hide anything from God. Why don't you invite him into your mess? There's an idea. Invi- invite him into your mess. I was in a house one time in Memphis, Tennessee, and there was a guy... Uh, his, his electricity had been cut off. His arm was bleeding. His nose was bleeding from drugs. His son had been taken by social services. There was no heat in the house and it was cold. And I, I, I look at him and he, he still has a phone. Not a cell, it's still a phone hooked up to the wall. And you know what he's doing? Trying to get another hit oblivious to everything that's going on in his life at that moment. And this guy was raised in church. I knew him. And I said, man, look look around you. I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) Really? I'm freezing. I'm not even high right now, and I'm not okay. It's cold in here, and it's dark. Your son's bedroom's empty. You have no electricity. What do you... Yeah, I got it under control. He's clean now. God restored his family. Praise the Lord. But he, he would tell you this story if he was here today. He had convinced himself that he could hide from God. Because he associated God with the church. That's a bad thing to do. In one way, it's a great thing to do in another. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You know what? I wish God had one of those shot collars on me. I swear. By the way, my dog, my dog got his first duck Friday night. Awesome. Never been duck hunting before because Raina loves the dog. I don't know why. And, and um, there's a bunch of alligators, but I said, I'm going to take him anyway. And she said, don't come back without that dog. <laughs> no, like, he's like, serious. But... I wish God had a shot collar on me at times, and He does, called the Holy Spirit in a loving way. Because I say some of the dumbest things, right? Yeah, husbands, I won't talk to wives, I get in trouble when I do that. Husband, don't you wish, like when you're about to say it, (laughs) yes sir, got you, it's all good. Because He knows what we're going to say before we say it. God, could you please help me out here and just tell me not to say it? Well, I, I gave you the fruit of the Spirit, Jason. I'm telling you not to say it. Don't say that. You feel it coming up. <laughs> then you've got to say a hundred things that you were supposed to say in the first place to get over the one thing that you said that you wasn't supposed to say. God knows. Think about this. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand up on me. 
God was with me, God is with me. You can be assured today, wherever your life finds you, God's with you. Whatever you're going, well, God, God, God is with you. Jesus said, I must go away so another can come. That's the Holy Spirit. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah and the Savior of this world, the Bible says the Holy Spirit indwells you, lives inside of you. This mystery in jars of clay, the Holy Spirit lives. So that's one way that God's always with me. God is with me. And then the Word of God is another way that God is with us. See, because when I read this Word, the Spirit of God in me enlightens this Word and speaks to where I'm at in life at that moment. You look at Hebrews, Hebrews says this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. How do I keep my heart condition good? My spiritual heart condition, the Word of God. See, I know a lot of, look at me, I know a lot of spiritual people. Some of you weren't looking. Spiritual people. And they're floating around out in some weird thing where, ah, ooh, hee, hee, ha, ha. And, and, and I, before, you, you know the people, I, you can identify them pretty quickly. Right? Where are you at in the Word right now? Oh, I don't, I don't really read the Bible. Come again? I don't, I don't, you know, that's what pastors are for. That's how people get whacked out. They'll go to, they don't ever read their own Bible. They'll go to a church and let somebody tell them whatever they want to tell them, and they believe it. You know, I'm accountable to you, but before that, I'm accountable to this Bible. That's why we have scriptures on the screen. That's every week. That's what we... Yeah. How is God with us in our circumstance? Through His Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. Read your Bible. I speak with my dad every Sunday morning, if travel allows for both of us. And we pray together every Sunday morning. And my my grandmother, his mom, she's my last grandparent. I've told you all about my grandma, right? She's 91. She will kick your butt. I'm telling you. We, when she turned 80, we had this grand idea of hiring someone to go do her yard. Cut her grass for her. She's 80 years old. We're going to pay for someone to cut your grass. She ran them off. She did. I'm not kidding you. She's chased them out of her yard. And the guy, the guy knew me and he called me and said, Hey, your grandma's crazy. And I said, well, I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I just started the mower up and she came out of the house with a broom. <laughs> she cut her grass until she was 86. She's, she's dying. She's got congestive heart failure, right? And so my parents went back and forth here and there. And, um, and some of you have walked through that before. And so I kept, I've just been telling my dad, Dad, I said, Dad, you're going to have to have the conversation with her. You're going to have to talk to her. Yeah, I don't, mm, I don't know. So, Dad, you, you, she's going to have to move somewhere, right? And he goes, well, we want her to move with us, but, you know, it took us forever to even get her car keys from her. Like, she's been, she was driving at 88, right? And they finally, the doctor said, you can't drive anymore. And so, um, you know, for a couple weeks, I was like, you, you, want to, you want to catch, I'll hop a flight, I'll fly in, I'll sit down with you guys, we'll, we'll hash it out together. 
No, no, no. So yesterday, he, they have the talk. And so when, when he called me this morning, I called him, I texted him, he called me back, because they're an hour behind us. And um, he goes, hey, I got some great news. I said, what? He goes, well, and so he starts telling me the story. He said, I appreciate your advice, but I was just in such a cloud of confusion. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if it was right to talk to her about it. I didn't know if it was wrong to talk to her. I didn't know. And he goes, I've just been so confused. My dad loves the Lord. You know, and, and he said, I've just been so confused. And, and he said, but we had to talk. And I cried, and she cried. And, and she, she finally said, yeah, I'm, I prayed that God wouldn't have me be stubborn about this. And so, so she's going to move with them. It's awesome. We're going to keep her house, keep it clean, keep it. She'll get to go back there. But she's going to move in the, with them in the time. I said, well, Dad. What, how did, like, what happened? He said, well, I was so confused. I didn't know what to do. So I just did what I knew to do. And so he, said, he said, I pressed away and I started praying. I prayed for a couple hours saying, God, you're not the author of confusion. And I know you are with me in this situation because it's my mom. I'm your child. And he said, I opened my Bible. I just started reading. And he said, Jason, the more I read, the more I prayed more the peace of God transcended over all of me. And I knew that I knew that I knew it was going to be okay. How many days do we buck up and toil and fight and row instead of just saying, you know what? I'm going to back up because I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm going to let God do His thing. And his thing is way better than my thing. His thing is right. God was with us. God is with us through His Spirit, through His Word, through His love. Last thing. God will be with us. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And we all know the context in which this scripture is given. Think about this. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. See, some of us are in a situation right now where we're looking into the new year with fear. Fear of failure. Fear of the unknown. Fear. Can I tell you, whatever happens to you as a child of God in the new year, you can bank on this. God's going to be in it with you. That's, that is, I mean, we all know this. Life sucks at times. Life is hard at times. Life doesn't work out at times. We understand this. I don't see how people walk through some of the things they walk through without a relationship with God. It sustains you. It car- he carries you. Hebrews quotes this and says it this way. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Man, the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the man. I get tickled at these, uh, back, back in the late 90s and the early 2000s, there was bumper stickers out, uh, no fear. Y'all remember those? Ain't scared. And it's funny because the people who would put those on their car probably were riddled with fear. They were just trying to like have this persona about them that made you scared. I, didn't, I wasn't scared. You're an idiot. What's wrong with you? But I tell you this. When the rubber meets the road, 
and things start shaking down in your life, and life gets shifty, one thing you can stand on is the rock. And you can stand on the fact that he said, I, I won't, I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you. You can bank on it. Isaiah, if you go back to Isaiah 43, 1-3. But now, this is what the Lord says. He created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Now, anytime you read the Old Testament, you have to read it to a new, through a New Testament lens, right? Because Jesus brought grace, and we've been grafted in. And so anytime that you read something that God is saying to the children of Israel, to His beloved, you can bank on it. That's for you too, because the Bible says we've been grafted into the family of God. So when you read things like this, you've got to read them through the lens of the New Testament. You can't just sit there and say, oh, well... God was talking to a certain group of people. No, God was talking to us. You are mine. You are mine. Wow. I tell you what, if I, I'm not the type of person that just really would want to be owned, but if I got to be owned by anybody, it'd be Him. Right? Think about it. He's saying, you're mine. And through what Jesus Christ did, we can read this through the lens of Jesus and say, God, you're talking to me. You're talking to me right now. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Anybody ever been out on a boat when it gets real stormy? Yeah, fun stuff, isn't it? Right? For, For a minute or two. And then it gets really serious really quickly. The storms of life can come quick and get really seriously, really quickly. And God's saying, you know what? Stay the course. I'll be with you. God was with us, God is with us, and God will be with us. I'll be with you. They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you walk through the fires of life, Anybody had a, just a really unbelievably crazy situation over this last year that set you ablaze? Ah, oh, mm, fires of life. We all go through them. But God's saying, look, I'm going to be with you. You don't have to fear. You do not have to fear what's coming. I am going to be with you. Verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. In other words, God's saying, I am going to give this up so that I can be with you. So fast forward through the lens of the New Testament, 400 and some odd years go by, nothing's been said, no prophet has spoken, nothing's been heard, and all of a sudden, bam, Jesus comes on the scene. This is a foreshadow of what God did for us. He was trying to do it for the children of Israel. And, and He's saying, you know what? I'm going to give my son as a ransom. I'm going to give... You thought it was something that I would give up Egypt and Cush and Seba. I'm fixing to go way over the top. You're getting my son because I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm going to send my only son to do what 
you're incapable of doing. Wow. God was with us. God is with us. God will be with us. So if you believe the Bible, which we do, and, and you're here today, and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you've got to do something with this thought right now. Here's, here's a thought right here. Here's a, just a, a thought. He was, He is, and He is to come. See, Jesus is still alive. He rose from the grave. And if you believe that He, he came, He's the Son of God, He lived a sinless life, He took our death and sin on the cross... They placed him in a grave. He rose from that grave. And he's in heaven today, praying for us, watching over us. And then Thessalonians says it like this. You want to talk about God will be with us. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. You keep reading there, and it says things like, and all the rest of us can be caught up in the air to be with him forever and ever and ever. I believe that. I believe God was with me when I was formed before the foundations of the earth, before I was in my mom's womb. I believe that God knew me. I believe that today, December 28th, God is with me as much as I believe God is in this place today. And I also believe that God will be with me for eternity. Not because I'm good. Not because I do certain things. Not because I'm a pastor. Because of what Jesus Christ did for me. And because I just decided one day, you know what God? I'm going to, I believe that. It clicked for me when I, I believe that. I believe the Bible. And the Bible says the only way to spend eternity with God in heaven is through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you done that? I, I sincerely hope that I get to experience the rapture. Either way, I'm going to get to experience it if I die or if not. But wouldn't it be cool? I don't know how it's going to happen. We were like flying through there, going to meet Jesus. Like, hey, Mr. Ed, what's up? Like, high five. Wouldn't it be cool? What's up? Elbow bump. Oh, yeah! See, we, we totally minimalize the creativity of God. Totally. And we, we've so bored the world with the gospel that they, they don't even understand why we're even here today. You're here today because God wanted you here today. You're here today because God found you when you didn't even want to be found. Wow. So here's what we'll part ways today. You have a measure of faith God gave you. It's your faith. It's no one else's faith. It's yours. And you get to decide what you want to do with that faith. But you got you to do something with it. Now the sad thing is a lot of us will keep that faith in ourselves and do nothing with it. We'll bury that faith and we'll, we'll trod this earth without having faith in anybody, anything, anything except ourselves. Some of us might take that faith and put it in money. Some of us might take that faith and put it in relationships. And God's saying to you today, hey, 
that measure of faith I gave you, that faith that I gave you, that faith was for the sole purpose of you being a creature of free will so that you could decide that you actually believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. You get to decide that. I, mean, I can't do it for you. Nobody else here can do it for you. I promise you, there's some of us in this room, if we could, we'd do it immediately. We can't. It's your faith. And you get to decide where you put it. Maybe you're here today and say, Jason, I don't, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I'm not at peace with God right now. A lot of different things going on and I'm just not at peace with God. You can be today, just like the people in the first service that were here. Super sweet spirit was here. It was just amazing. People getting saved. You're here today, man. You say, you know what? I need to do that. What a great way to just charge the new year. Awesome way to go into the new year. Are things going to be perfect? No. Is it a magic pill? Absolutely not. But it is knowing God was with you. He is with you. And by making that decision to put your faith in Jesus, He will be with you. Bow your head all this place. Nobody moving around. Nobody looking around. Unless you absolutely have to. If that's you and you're here today and you say, Jason, I, I know I need a change in my life. And I'm realizing right now that I've never put my faith in Jesus. And going into this new year, I, I want to walk with God. I want to be at peace with God. If that's you and you're here today and you say, that's me. I need, to, I need to put my faith in Jesus. Slip your hand up long enough for me to see it. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? I, I need to put my faith in Jesus today. I see your hand, man. That's incredible. I see your hand in the back. Thank you. I see your hand. Yeah, thank you. Incredible. Sweet. Praise the Lord. Right now, just by virtue of you, you raising your hand, you're saying, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. God's already working in your heart right now. At this very moment. Anyone else? I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hand, man. beautiful you raised your hand do me a favor after the service go out get a Bible get a devotion get some information on being baptized but right now where you sit would you just say this prayer with me in your heart not out loud just, this is between you and God but I want to lead you in a prayer just to solidify your your decision today God thank you for loving me thank you that I get to head into this new year as a new creation. And right now, the faith that I have in my heart, I'm confessing that faith in Jesus. And so right now, God, I confess, I believe with all my heart, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross, that Jesus Christ was placed in the grave, and that Jesus Christ rose from that grave on the third day, and He's in heaven today. He's coming back for me one day. And I realize that today. And I thank you for a new start. I thank you for new beginnings, God. And I thank you more than anything that I'm going to walk into this new year at peace with you because of my faith in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.